I work to ensure that any adjustment of status provision includes released librarians who have become Americans in every way except on paper. This Congress must acknowledge the simple fact that the United States is now home to these law abiding, tax paying Liberians. To ignore them or to stay otherwise not only threatens to break up American families, but also to turn away a group whose story is quintessentially American. Quintessentially American. Surprisingly, most American citizens are unaware that this is very specific and intentional language to describe a group of people. And by the end of the episode, hopefully, we'll unravel the history to learn just how uniquely American Liberians truly are. But before that, we must dot the I's and cross the T's on the Liberian Immigration Refugee Fairness Act. EIG's senior attorney and Liberian native, Jawanda Jones, joins the podcast. She shares how to qualify for this opportunity that now allows a direct pathway to citizenship. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. So within the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2020, Trump passed the Liberian Refugee Immigration Fairness Act. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, within the act, Liberian nationals have until December 20th, 2020, um, essentially to apply to adjust their status. You're eligible if you're a Liberian national, your spouse, your unmarried children under or over the age of 21 who have been living in the U.S. continuously since November 20th, 2014. And you meet eligibility requirements for adjusting your status. I would say this is quite an interesting change in the current administration's policy as it seems to be more immigrant friendly. The administration has even allowed waiver of grounds of uh, certain parts of admissibility, which would have kept individuals um, from pursuing citizenship, uh, including, and most importantly, I would say those who are present without admission or parole. So who helped pass this through. Obviously, Trump signed it, but who were the actors that really started to get this emotion? This definitely is the baby and product of the tireless work of the senators from Rhode Island and Minnesota, one being the senior Senator Reed. I also call on my colleagues to take up and pass the Liberian Refugee Immigration Fairness Act, which I have offered in some form for as long as I have served in this body to end nearly 30 years of uncertainty by finally giving these Liberians the opportunity to apply for permanent residency and a pathway to citizenship. And the new freshman class, Senator Omar. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that here in the United States, we understand that there are other countries who take in so many people of the world's most pained people. Um, and in the United States, we could do better. Overall, is this a, a good thing for Liberian citizens? I know there's mention that they were in a limbo state. Can you hash that out? This is an excellent thing for Liberian nationals who are eligible. I would say probably for the better half of the last 30 years, Liberian nationals have been displaced throughout the world hmm. due to war, political unrest, um, Ebola, Hmm. Uh, you definitely name it. Today, saying the Ebola virus is spreading fast and thousands more could die. The WHO also warned that hospitals here need to be ready for a potential Ebola patient. 
the ramifications of war have caused Liberian nationals to flee their country, and a vast majority of them ended up in America due to the ties from the foundation of the nation of Liberia. So Mm -hmm. Liberians have basically been in the United States, like I said, for the better part of 30 years in TPS, you know, temporary Mm -hmm. protective status or some sort of um, asylum. This act, in essence, allows those who really have been held by TPS hopes of whether or not it was going to continue to be extended under the Obama administration, which was then changed it to DED. And now whether or not Trump was going to continue DED. Well, this really just kind of takes away all the worries um, for those in that situation. They can now apply for an adjustment of status. They can obtain a EAD for work authorization. And most importantly, I think they can get advanced parole, which means, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be able to travel and preferably maybe even go to their home country and see their loved ones they haven't seen for decades. Right. So we have a pathway to citizenship. Correct. So. If you were interested in only learning the application details for the pathway to citizenship for Liberian foreign nationals, you can stop the podcast here. But for the more curious, we have a promise to keep stemming back from the beginning of the podcast, if you remember. This Congress must acknowledge the simple fact that the United States is now home to these law-abiding, tax-paying Liberians. To ignore them or to stay otherwise not only threatens to break up American families, but also to turn away a group whose story is quintessentially American. Okay, we're back here again. Quintessentially American. So the question still lies, why are citizens from this relatively unassuming West African country fleeing their homeland? And why does the United States, of all countries, feel a certain responsibility in protecting them? Look around the West African nation of Liberia, and you'll see echoes of the United States. The country was founded as a home for freed American slaves. The capital city is named after President James Monroe. The soldiers dressed like American GIs and American culture is widely admired. Look around and you'll also see the fingerprints of the U.S. Washington operates critical intelligence and communication installations there, Military ships and aircraft are permitted to land with just 24 hours notice. So it is an American problem when Liberia sinks into civil war and economic collapse. Of the Republic of Liberia. Of the Republic of Liberia. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Admittedly oversimplified, but in terms of civil unrest, the first layer of the onion begins to peel in 1980. Samuel Doe overtakes the sitting president, William R. Tolbert, in a successful coup, making Samuel the first non-American Liberian president in the country's history. We're broadcasting, uh, telecasting this morning from the Barclay Training Center, where there is going to be a grand inaugural parade. Here we find the underlying nexus where the tension stems within Liberia. The tension between American Liberians versus indigenous Liberians. Before Samuel Doe, no other indigenous Liberians had assumed presidential power since the founding of the country in 1847 by freed American slaves, hence Americo-Liberians.
To understand the tension between these two groups, we have to understand the psychology rooted in the country's inception. And this is where America comes in. Starting from 1821, over a time span of 40 years, more than 12,000 freed slaves made the journey across the Atlantic from America to Africa. This Back to Africa effort was made possible through the American Colonization Society, a society led by freed slaves, abolitionists, and politicians who advocated for the settling of freed slaves back to Africa. The motives for this movement varies. Since this initiative began 50 years before the abolishment of slavery, some historians argue that slaveholders feared that the presence of freed slaves in America would undermine the institution of slavery itself. Alternatively, others like future President Andrew Jackson believe that Africans would have the best chance to reach their full potential if they returned to their homeland of their forefathers. However, we have to think, the only governing model that freed slaves were born and raised in was the model of slave and master. They carried that way of thinking when establishing Liberia, ironically doing to the indigenous Liberians only what was done to them, creating caste system of privilege versus second class citizens, preventing indigenous Liberians positions of power and access to wealth, subjugating the class for more than 150 years until tensions boiled over during the regime change in the 1980s, quintessentially American. Today, you can find America's influence all over Liberia. The constitution, branches of government, and election system all directly mirrors the United States. America and Liberia benefit mutually from each other. Liberia enjoys trade and access to U.S. markets, and America gains natural resources such as iron ore, rubber, as well as having a strong ally presence in Africa. So, this takes us back to the Liberian Refugee Immigration Fairness Act. We question why? What is America's interest in protecting Liberians? Maybe, like a now distant younger brother that you taught everything to, both right and wrong, you still will always have an investment in protecting your own. For more immigration news and updates, follow us on Twitter at IMMNerds and also our website at www.eiglaw. Thank you for listening. See you next time.